Welcome to The Catalyst, where we explore creative ideas to spark innovation in an unhealthy healthcare system. I'm your host, Dr. Lara Salyer, a physician and mom of three who is reimagining the way I practice medicine after suffering and overcoming burnout. Join me as I teach you how to optimize flow and catalyze your own revolution in healing. Tune in for candid conversations with leading experts in conventional and holistic healthcare who dare to believe a better future is possible for all of us. Life is made of teeny catalytic moments of immense impact. When strung together, the transformation is magical. Join us and let's color outside the lines. Welcome to the Catalyst Podcast. This episode, we're featuring Dr. Julie Dernan. You might want some earplugs. I squeal, I laugh and clap because it was a fun experience to talk with Dr. Julie. We met earlier last year um, during the Impact Lives event, and she has over 20 years in the industry, just like me, except she's a naturopathic physician. She's an expert in the natural health world. Not only has she built two clinics from the ground up, She's also mentored dozens of practitioners throughout the years, and after discovering a gap in the market for health and wellness practitioners, Julie got to work building Ginger Desk. Now it spans across Canada and the United States to support hundreds of practitioners. Ginger Desk has proven itself as North America's most trusted virtual assistant service for health practitioners. So in this interview, it is jam-packed. We talk about running. We talk about flow. We talk about burnout. We talk about how burnout can be a gift to transpire and catalyze a new beginning, which was ginger desk for Julie. We also talk about tactical things like why a virtual assistant can help, especially if they're trained in systems and why systems are important for all practitioners. I promise it's a fun interview. There's laughs and you will definitely get a lot of teaching moments out of it. So enjoy this interview with Dr. Julie. Welcome to the Catalyst Podcast. I am so excited to have Dr. Julie Dern in here. Um, she is somebody when I met, I knew instantly we could be friends. In fact, I really think in an alternative universe, we should be neighbors because Dr. Julie is bubbly. She's effervescent. She's enthusiastic. She is a mom of two. She's running. She's started up clinics. She's a doctor of naturopathic medicine, but she also has a new business. Not so new anymore. It's been about two years old called Ginger Desk. And it is the leading virtual assistant support network for practitioners in the US and Canada. It's so cool. So without further ado, I'm just going to launch in. We're going to have our coffee talk here. Dr. Julie, thank you for joining the Catalyst podcast. Thank you, Dr. Lara. It's so nice to be here and so great to see you again. Yes. I feel like it's been too long. I feel like we just kind of buddied up and started talking at Megan Walker's Impact Live as event. And it was really neat to see the similarities of our lives and having kids and just kind of balancing. And we both, I would have to say, are probably, we we stand for some uh, femininity in leadership. I know that that resonates. I see a lot of your Instagram and your your posts on social media. And I love that you're kind of bringing and cultivating this, this feminine energy into that leadership space. So why don't we launch into your story? How did you become so wonderful, Dr. Julie? Oh my gosh, you're so sweet, Dr. Lara. And I love that we're calling each other doctor here. <laughs> Excuse me. I would love to tell you my story. And first, please let me say that I loved meeting you at Impact Lives as well. And I think you're that's exactly true. And it's not like you're not making this story up. Like we really did find each other and just like really resonated with each other's underlying 
missions, not just the fact that we support physicians, but also the fact that we have like this deeper purpose of supporting women and really like helping women to leverage their time and their energy more, but in totally different ways, which is really cool. And so I think there's so much synergy in what we do. And I'm so excited to be here. So thank you. Love it. So yeah. So tell me, how did you get, I mean, you've kind of done it all like naturopathic physician, you know, running clinics. I love how your Instagram profile says, and I'm going to say it wrong. So correct me, but you know, (laughs) I'm Dr. Julie and I'm raising two clinic or I'm raising a clinic, two kids. And it's just, it's really cool the way you said it. Can you tell me what what it says again? Yes. It says I'm raising two kids, two kind kids and a clinic and a startup. Yes. And so it's true because when you, when you bring a business to life, like it is like supporting and raising another child. And so I am a clinic owner. I have a clinic here in North Vancouver. I'm in Canada. I'm in North Vancouver, BC. And I have an amazing clinic with seven naturopathic physicians. And, but I left my practice uh, 18 months ago to go on a very exciting sabbatical that was supposed to be sort of a three to six month foray into Um, bringing this other company to life. And it has turned into something so much more than I ever dreamed of. And the mission is so much more actually than I intended even two and a half years ago now. So I started this company in the forest. And I sometimes tell this story differently Ooh. depending on who I'm talking to, but I'm going to tell you the most yes. like, piece. Of I it. want the juiciest. <laughs> Give me the, the sparkle. I want all the details. Yes. Well, it was in the middle of COVID 2020, like the peak of clinic closures and business closures. And I was stressed to the max and I was bathing in adrenaline. And I was so tired and I was super burnt out. And I know that you talk a lot about burnout. So I can say that term here without any shame, but I was very much burnt out and I was trying to make ends meet at the clinic and support all the fixed costs that we still had coming in while we were closed. And I asked myself, like, why am I doing this? And what is like, what do I really want to do with my life and, and with this business and the the short version of this story is that what I realized is that I love running a clinic and I love the systems behind it. And I truly love supporting women in practice. And I love supporting women in an administration. And that's something so funny, like that it's all come to this sort of culmination of like, I now run a staffing agency. (laughs) So how did I go from like clinic ownership and like, actually supporting pediatrics and women's health to running a staffing agency. But it is quite a natural progression for me because in the end, it's supporting women. And I've realized that what I love doing is I love I love the ability to create an easier life for women so that they can then run their households and really support their families to the highest degree. And so I started this as a little pilot project. Let's see if we can do that. Let's see if we can support women who can work from home. We hired our first three VAs, and this was just supposed to be a pilot project in Vancouver. I was joined by Jennifer, who was my who is my office manager at the clinic, and together we got to work and we built out an office manual and built out systems to interview and train and really support these women who could work remotely. And we brought in our first five clients and it was a success and it flew. And these women were 
were feeling these women practitioners loved what we were offering. And they started to tell their friends and their colleagues and their coworkers. And so what was initially a little three-month project turned into the next year, we launched all across Canada. And then by May, we were into the US and we just ran with it. And we now have 40 virtual assistants who are now all working from home. And it's been so fun. (laughs) That is so, oh my gosh, I'm getting goosebumps because see, you're the exact like example. You're like a case study of, of many (laughs) of us going through burnout. Right. And we talk about burnout and my, my advocacy is tireless in burnout. I I really am passionate about normalizing that word. Like you said, it it still is, it's still seeped in shame. And a lot of us think, well, you know, if I did it right, or if I worked harder, I wouldn't be burned out. No. I mean, when you unwrap the societal patriarchy and all the other things that are wrapped in, especially women practitioners, we are primed for burnout. Yes. So thank you for honoring that. And just using that word, it's like trying to normalize that conversation that it will happen at some point to everybody. But what you did was so cool. You used the equation that I like to use is the aha equation. It's the, it's the kind of like a retro engineering out of burnout. So if burnout is (laughs) feeling depersonalized, you know, you kind of don't feel like you have that personal stake. You feel like you're not making progress, low perceived achievement. You also feel emotionally exhausted. You checked all three boxes, you know, you were like frantic in COVID. You're like, what is going on? I've kind of lost my way. So you used part of the aha equation, which is reversing that you anchor back into core values, which you did, you kind of reflected, well, what am I doing this for? And that's actually one of the questions I ask people is like, what are you doing this for? It can shift. And you realized it shifted a bit, you know, it's similar. You want to support women, but it's shifting. How can you be more creative? And then you're highlighting, which is the second part of aha, highlighting little progress along the way. You said, I'll start with a pilot program. And I love that. Like we all think we have to have it figured out, but we don't. And you just kind of played with it and said, let's see what happens. And you highlighted little tiny milestones, which gives you more feedback of flow and like, Ooh, I'm onto something. And that's the last part is activate. You've activated so much internal glow and energy. I can see it in your face. I can feel it in your presence. Oh, Laura. Like you're doing it. You're totally living the aha equation that's helping you with burnout. And it's successful. You 40 VAs is huge. Thank you so much. You're amazing to have articulated it like that because I mean, what came out of desperation, you just made me sound so smart that I reverse engineered it. But thank you for making it sound so well crafted. Well, and and I, I love it. Where were you in 2020 when you needed? <laughs> well, I was there. We just haven't, we're, we're in each other's lives. We just hadn't met yet because, you know, time is a social construct anyway. So, you know, we're all here. We're all doing it. And what I love is you're so systems based. That is so similar to how I think. And I think that is like a deficit, which is not a bad deficit. It's not a natural strength to be a systems focused person, but I resonate with you because I am the same way. The minute I start something, I'm like, okay, how can I make a system of this so that I don't have to keep doing it again, right? I know you are. And I and, love that about your work. It's but so uh, you too. And I love that you hit the ground running with that. Okay. How can we Thank implement you. like the interviewing and making sure it's really consistent and it's paid off. So for those practitioners listening yes. that are like, I'm nervous about using a virtual assistant or I've done it before and I've gotten burned. I can't, I feel like they can't read my mind. Like give us some little tips on, on how we could possibly sure. do that. I love that. So 
first, I will start by saying how we are different. And I know that every company goes into their pitch and this isn't really my pitch. This is the truth of why we're different. And, and why I started us is because there wasn't a business that existed already. There was no service that existed that supported the niche of functional medical doctors or naturopathic doctors. We don't need just an executive assistant. We don't need an admin assistant. We need a medically trained assistant who understands an EMR, who understands HIPAA compliance and the critical nature of confidentiality and handling sensitive information, but also how to be really compassionate with folks who might have been coming for cancer diagnosis. There might be thoughts of suicide. There can be really sensitive conversations that we need to have with these folks that is very different than when you support an executive in their business. So this didn't exist out there. And I felt very strongly that I wanted to bring the right folks forward who could support my colleagues in a really, in a really profound way. And so what we do at Ginger Desk is we don't just match contractors with practitioners. We actually hire, train, and manage permanent Ginger Desk employees. So we hire medical office assistants who have either gone to a diploma program and become a medical office assistant, or they've had three years of experience in a brick and mortar integrative clinic already. We then put them through our eight week ginger way program and we train them how to support people in the most efficient, but also compassionate way. So they have to successfully complete our eight week program before they're matched with a practitioner. So these are, so it's a very curated way of matching practitioners with the right folks. And we really work hard to make sure that it's a a successful, perfect match. And so you know that when you hire us on or when you hire your VA, they're going to have that experience you need. But also we then call it, like you you said, how are they going to know to anticipate my needs? Well, that's going to be built on relationship. And we have a lot of curated ways behind the scenes of enhancing that relationship and making sure it's a success. So we'll walk you through how to build that relationship and things you can do to make sure that it's a win. I call it um, an intuitive relationship. And then our director of people, Lauren, always calls it anticipating needs. But I always say after four to eight weeks of working with your VA, we will become intuitive with you. And we will know what you're needing, (laughs) but it's, but it's also about building out that relationship so that it's a success. That's awesome. I'm so much, I'm in a fangirl moment right now. I'm totally in a fangirl (laughs) moment because I love that you have little cute ginger way that like, it's so, it's so sealed in and like with a beautiful bow, you've got a system, you know, they go through, it's consistent. And that alleviates a lot of fear, I think from hiring, because, you know, when I, jumped and finally hired my first VA, you know, years and years ago, it was all on Upwork, which is great. I ended up with some awesome people, but I think it was because I was so clear in communicating what I needed. I got lucky and I also built in kind of an escape hatch, you know, like I'll try you out for 30 days. Here's the things I would like to see you try for me. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And that helped because we could part ways amicably and I could continue going until I found my ideal fit. But to your speaking of intuition versus anticipation, you're right. It is a relationship. And sometimes that takes a little time, you know, to 
to understand, oh, well, this person likes to not be bothered with this until, you know, we just need to own our preferences and own our boundaries and speak about them. Um, and you're already ahead of the game because you're kind of giving them this like on-ramp to understand. So give me a little a taste of what's in the program. What do you have in your little training sessions? Sure. So we, I mean, our training is really comprehensive. So it's not just EMR training, but we do create expert users in the EMRs that we serve. But we also do have HIPAA compliance. For Canada, we do PIPEDA compliance. And we make sure that we're testing things like grammar and spelling and and professional email communications and professionalism over the phone. But we're also making sure that we that we've trained them on our ginger way to use the our our scripted um, brand. We train them on the ginger way of doing things, which is a very specific workflow. And so what we've learned is that, only 6% of the problems in clinics are due to the people involved. 94% of problems are due to the systems employed. And so if we can train folks on the systems that are used to create a successful interaction between patients or a, a really efficient workflow for labs, for example, then we can have that win, like that anticipation of needs is already almost there because there's there's it's the systems that often the practitioners are missing in practice. And, and we both know, I think, that doctors are amazing humans and they're not always, they don't always have time and maybe they're not always good at running the administrative side of things. And they just don't care about it quite often, right? It's the minutia of what, it's not their skill set. It's not their zone of genius. So we we handle that for them. So then we take that away. And so practitioners can really focus on what they're amazing at, knowing oh. that the front end is is dialed. So yes, yes that's, that's our so that's our true. bread and butter. Oh my gosh, I love this. You're right. I mean, we're all like, you know, egos on a stick. We're walking around in meat suit skeletons, <laughs> you know. Yes. We've spent many years trying to learn medicine and do it in our own fashion. So it it can feel exasperating when you're like, oh, I don't want to have to think about how to, to run that front end. And to some of us, like, you know, you and I who have that entrepreneurial spirit, it makes us excited to think of different ways, but not to everybody. Yes. And that's okay. You know, they don't have to be, you know, good at everything to run a, a good practice. But I think you're right that unless we have systems dialed in, it's going to be really a difficult time and systems make everything run smoother. What would you say is the most common fix that you see that is impactful in a, in a, a person's clinic? Is there something common that you're like, oh, we see this all the time. This is a common thing. I mean, the most obvious that comes to mind right away is having an SOP, a standard operating procedures. So often I always ask that when I meet practitioners, I say, do you have an office manual? And they always look at me with like this, like look of embarrassment. And they're like, I'm so sorry, I don't. And I say, don't worry, 99% of our people don't. That's why we're here. And so if we can build out those systems with you, then we can also teach you what we have found in practice to be the most efficient way of running things. And so I would say that's the most impactful because if we can just, if we can write down and even just take a couple hours to just hammer out the systems, the way that you like to do things in your own practice and really refine that, oh my goodness, it's like preventive medicine, right? It can have just such an impact all downstream. Right. Oh goodness. Right there. That's a gem. If you're listening and you're still like 
dragging your feet. I know SOPs are boring, right? But with apps like like Tango.us, yes. I, I love that. It's a screen share app that you just do your thing and it will record it for you. Um, but it's really kind of a dose of a bitter pill that we have to swallow. You can't get better until you invest a little bit of time in some SOPs. And yes, yes it might feel like a slog, but it'll pay out dividends when you're when you're running on autopilot because everybody in your room in the staff knows what you need and when and how to deliver that to you. I love that. Exactly. So, is there a common SOP that you find is like the first one that is the most laborious? Is it like ordering lab kits or any, you know, what? What is your ideas? It's labs for sure. I mean, if, if I I think. 80% of the time I'm talking to anyone in functional medicine or naturopathic medicine. And I say, what is your biggest pain point? Labs. Writing requisitions. Can you write the rec for me? And then what do I do from there? They always say like, you know, if they're doing it. They don't know how to delegate it. And so we've got a whole lab workflow we'll suggest. And it's amazing how much time it takes off of their plate, because truly that's time you could have been speaking with the patient or mm-hmm. even better. It's time you could have been hanging with your family or exercising yes, <laughs> or doing something to enhance your life. <laughs> yes. Right. Speaking of what's your favorite, like, I don't know, what's your current obsession? Are you learning anything new, interested in any new books? Do you have any new hobbies? What do you do on a Saturday? I want to know everything about you, Dr. Julie. Oh gosh, you're so cute. Well, you and I have talked, I mean, you and I over our bubble water and not wine at the event that we met at this year talked about running And I love running. And I think that's where I get mostly grounded. And it's where I get to spend all this time in nature. So I talk about being in the forest and how all of these ideas come to me while I'm in the forest. It's it's, I'm running. And I, I do stop and I'll walk to really take it in. But I make sure to go running every single day. I'm, um, I'm big into the trails. I live on the North shore of Vancouver. So I'm so lucky that I'm right near the forest and the river and the mountains. And that's truly my, my biggest love. Okay. Two things there. First of all, the grandiosity, the grandiosity of having nature all around you is actually a flow enhancer. It's a flow trigger. And, you know, that is what a lot of runners do feel when we go outside into this grand escape of nature. It, It does activate our brain in a different way. And that's one of like the 30 different flow triggers that can help you get into that, that neurochemical state of flow. But the second thing is you've inspired me because I don't know if you remember during our bubbly water talk, I may have told you like, I used to run a lot and I stopped running. You know, I just, I just started jump roping. I started going to the gym. I started just having different ways that I liked. I went on Peloton. I did other things with my body. And I remember telling you like, yeah, I just kind of haven't ran in a while. And I used to be a daily runner. Well, since we talked, you inspired me because hearing you again, glow about running. I'm like, oh, that is a lost love. I do love running. So I've been out running thanks to you. And I thought, why, why did I ever leave? It's so fun. It's like just fun to go and be lost, you know? Um, it is. It's fun it to is. be lost totally without, there doesn't have to be like the end result. You're not yes. like running to a location. Yes. I love that. Yes. And it's very, um, it's very much the process instead of the outcome, you know, and that's what running taught me. And I'd love to hear what running has taught you for me as not an athlete or an athletic person running taught me that we all, we all finish the race. It doesn't matter what time or how fast or 
you know, you finish it and you're moving your body and it's like, it's just like creativity. You can make whatever you want. It doesn't have to be the best art ever, but you're, you're learning in the process and you're appreciating your body and your mind. And so that's been my takeaway from running is it's really helped me learn just to like give into the moment and run your own race. So what would be your like running gift that I love it? I mean, I would have to say that it keeps me grounded for sure. And I notice that if I'm feeling particularly, and this is well-documented, if I'm feeling particularly say anxious or just not in such a great mood. If I go for a run, it's, it's a cure-all. And I, I do have epiphanies, but I don't go running for the epiphanies, but I definitely have epiphanies while I'm running that I didn't intend on. And and it's just, it's so wonderful. Right. And totally. And I find that the grounding nature of it is so impactful. And I, it's medicine. It's the best. It is. It is medicine. Did you run more or less during like that burnout time in your life? Do you remember? I purposely ran more because I remember when I started my clinic, um, being so exhausted by the process of actually getting the clinic up and running back in 2015. And I put exercise on the back burner. And I remember saying out loud to folks at that time, um, make sure if you're starting a new business to go exercise every day, because it's the last thing on your list. And it will have the most impact. And it was, it really was not great for me health-wise that I didn't exercise during that time. So I made sure to do it during 2020. And it was the best thing I ever did. Best thing. That is I'm, golden advice. And I'm not an athlete. I'm I'm I can I relate to you that way. I'm definitely not an athlete. Like I put on a really amazing um playlist and I'm half dancing out there. Oh, <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> I have a feeling you and I would be so similar because I am known to like, just start doing some swing choir moves. And I think all the other real runners are like, what is wrong with you? I'm like, you've got to dance to this jam. It's Beyonce. Come on. Right. Oh, oh Beyonce's got the best playlist. And yes. I, and I think that's why I go to the forest because I'm sort of hidden and I'm not on the street and I can like bust out those moves and nobody's there to witness. Oh my goodness. I love, I also, wow. I love that you had that insight to say, I'm going to actually run more when I'm burned out. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's no, no surprise that when I was going through my darkest burnout times in my previous job, I was running and I was signing up for half marathons. In fact, I ran a marathon the very year I jumped ship and resigned. Wow. And people are like, isn't that stressful? No, because my body needed that. And yes. and I was a better person for it because it does give you all these epiphanies, which is a side awesome gift. It wasn't what I intended, but the bilateral running is connecting neuroplastic parts of your brain. So I was starting to have these really moments of flow and like aha moments and epiphanies, which is why I started going down that rabbit hole of, I need to figure this out. It's helping my cortisol. It's helping me balance. What is this flow? So if you didn't have running, if you were on a desert Island and you weren't in Vancouver and they said, Julie, you cannot run. What would be like your second choice flow activity that gets you kind of feeling in the zone? Oh, meditation. I, Mm. there's no question. And I'm not saying that I do that for fun, um, but I do it every day. And I'm, I'm, I think if you don't have quiet space to connect with yourself, then you're, you're really missing out. And I, and it's, it can be very daunting. I won't go down this. I won't make this a huge story here, but it can be very daunting to start a new business and to go outside of your comfort zone and take risks financially and personally. And I found that that has saved me, that if I didn't, you know, if I was constantly gauging my success on external factors, I probably wouldn't be where I am today. So I'm always 
just making sure that I take the time to connect to myself and remember why I'm doing this. I'm safe. I am present. And to always just, you know, remember the small things and to, to it helps me stay focused. Meditation has been a true gift. Wow. That's, that's really good advice. Um, meditation you. is also daunting. I would say in a lot of people's minds, they may not have like tried meditation. I, I love meditation. I don't do it daily. I want to be like you, Julie. I want to do it daily. <laughs> All right. You're so um, <laughs> but like, this is the thing is, is even the word meditation, if, if you're listening and you're thinking, oh, I don't know if I can just sit there with all my 50,000, you know, thoughts in my head, like I get it, right? I mean, meditation yes, is not about it. an empty mind. It's actually about sitting there and watching the monkey brain just go. And if yeah. that's even hard for you, other things, you can have a walking meditation. You can yes. take a piece of paper and do a drawing doodling meditation, or you can play in finger paint or, you know, dance. I mean, get a Spotify playlist on and dance. I mean, I love those kinds of meditation. It's just about, like you said, grounding and knowing that you are in control of your body and you can be safe. Yes, it is. And I love how you, you and your painting, like that's been so inspiring to watch how you paint and how that's your form of meditation as well. Because I think it's just sitting in any kind of stillness, right? Where you're, you're not necessarily productive because as doctors and mm -hmm. type A personalities or academics, we tend to get, we, we, we believe we can't, we can't be effective unless we're, we're producing, and just right. sitting in any kind of stillness, no matter what it is, just sheer presence, whatever it is, it teaches you to just sit with yourself. And it's, and if it's painful, then you need to do it 10 times yes. over. <laughs> oh, yes. And it's funny that you say that because I imagine it like when I first started meditating regularly, it was during, it was like the year before COVID and then during the pandemic. Um, because I had started on this personal passion project to write a book. And I thought, I want to write a book. And it's just a memoir. And I love writing. So it's a joyful thing. But still, it's hard work, you know, any, you know, and I would start the day with a 10 minute meditation. And then I would write for an hour. And then I go about my day. But I'm laughing because you're talking about how painful <laughs> it is. And it is like you're sitting there and you're like, Oh, I just want to get going. I just want to get going. And you're like, and yes. 10 minutes is long. And you're maybe like, I should stop. Maybe, maybe I should, I should do stop. Yes. yes. And your mind is like, and so I imagine it. And if you're listening and have never tried, it is like being a cocker spaniel at the dog park where <laughs> your trainer is like, stay, stay, stay. And you're just like wagging your tail. Amazing. And, you know, and that's how I felt. And it was such good training because once I was finally released and I could go and do my day, I was so much more grounded and productive, but in a grounded way, it wasn't the freak out cocker spaniel, like let's get everything done way, you know? Yes. It can totally turn you around. And I think if you're not good at it, then you just need a guided meditation, right? You just need someone yes. to tell you what to do. And it's so much easier. Oh you're yeah. Not, I, right. It's like uh, getting an assistant. Yes, totally. <laughs> <Get> someone's help. <laughs> that should be right. Everybody needs a, a ginger meditation is what we need. Right. You know? <laughs> oh my gosh. There's a new brand for us. Thank you. <laughs> right. Make it all like yoga Nidra where somebody's guiding you through this meditation. You know, it's, it's yes. awesome. Yes. You can, yes. it's endless, endless variants. So, okay. Talk to me it. more about what is your latest prideful joy. Cause you know, we talk about, we need to honor and savor with gratitude, all the little things that are really good. There's always something good in every day, but really what's kind of a bigger thing that you're happy. You, you have 40 VAs. What, yes. what is a bigger thing that um, you're really thrilled about with ginger dusk? I mean, it, it, it's those 40 VAs. 
like I always say to them, actually, I, I let them know the the truth of it is that I started this for my colleagues. Like I really started this business to support my colleagues, but I'm continuing with it because of you, because oh. of the VAs, because honestly, watching these women have this opportunity to build their careers, working from home while simultaneously running a household, raising a family, it has been the absolute honor of my lifetime. And there's United Nations sustainability goals. And when I started to really look at what I was doing and why I was doing it and digging into those goals, goal 5.8 is gender equality. And it's watching watching these women has reminded me of this UN sustainability goal that like giving women the opportunity to not just succeed and excel at their careers in isolation, but also raise a family and do it well. Like these women now don't have to choose whether they raise a family or work. They can actually do both and they can do both really well. And that's been such a pleasure to watch it unfold. And it's really become its own, um, its own goal of ginger desks outside of me, because these women have have shown me what's important. And it's been, it's been an honor. Oh, I love everything that you do in every facet, because not only are you empowering women, and just, you know, really trying to equalize this leadership and, and honor the the unique feminine energy that can be brought to leadership. But you're also, you know, doing your own work in unpacking like systemic issues at play, anti-racist. I mean, I've watched you on Instagram. I love everything that you do. But one thing also that I especially love is trying to make this more accessible to areas, you know, that might be underserved in communities. And the fact that you're helping practitioners, you know, get good quality VAs that can help them do things better. What would be a vision for you to make functional or naturopathic medicine more accessible to underserved communities? Do you have any ideas? Oh gosh. Well, thank you. I mean, and that's the whole, that's been the whole pleasure here of working with a remote business is that now our ultimate goal is to see a ginger desk VA in every allied healthcare practice and functional medical practice globally. And because we can serve those small communities and those underserved communities where they find it hard, practices find it hard to hire and maintain staff or retain staff rather, um, I want to see a VA in every one of those practices. And what's really cool is that we really try to match VAs with practitioners who work and live in the same time zone. So what's really neat is watching our VAs come to us from these tiny communities in Northern Ontario, in Canada, for example, where otherwise they wouldn't have had the opportunity to work in a functional medical practice. And then to see that small medical practice that might be virtual in a smaller community where they've chosen to live really thrive because they get the support they need behind the scenes from that really excellent and well-trained administrative professional. That's really that's really, I mean, if I look at accessibility, this is really the the way that we can fill that gap is, is to support women in their careers, in their practices all across the globe. Beautiful. I love that. I'm so much just enamored with everything that you've been doing. I have no doubt this is the first of many talks that we'll do together and we'll have to get coffee and I hope hang so. out. Yes. <laughs> um, and so I have one final fun question before okay. we tell everybody where they can find you. If you were to pick a color of your emotion right now, what color would that be? 
Oh, it has to be teal. How can I not say teal? Look at <laughs> so funny. Yeah, I guess right, I right, guess your Lou. brain is primed that way, right? <laughs> I love, I mean, I always say like Tiffany blue and that poolside blue is like a Benjamin Moore color. It's the color of my clinic. It's absolutely look at your hair. I'm so drawn to it. And that is it. That is overflowing with, with teal right now. <laughs> that is awesome. No, reason number 500 that we're, we're besties already. Cause you yep. know, we love that color. It's gotta Business be something in there. Dr. Yes. Laura. Thank you. Right. Okay. So where can everybody find you? So you can find us at gingerdesk.com. We're also on Insta Instagram at gingerdesk and hello at gingerdesk.com is how you can reach me directly. I'm also in there with Alina, who is our accounts rep. And we, I will answer every single email that comes to us. So I look forward to meeting your folks. Oh, you are bubbly. And thank you so much, Dr. Julie, for spending time here on Catalyst Podcast. For everybody listening, check out Dr. Julie. Uh, you, you won't be disappointed. Her Instagram feed is just awesome. And she's just a force of nature in this wonderful healthcare space. And everybody listening, keep coloring outside the lines so we can all transform healthcare and make it better. Until next time, take care. Thank you for listening and subscribing to the Catalyst Podcast. Listen, as a physician who survived her own burnout by prescribing creativity, I understand how it feels to feel dark and lost and hopeless. And now I am passionately an advocate of teaching others how they can prescribe their own creativity to redesign their work-life masterpiece in a world where burnout will always exist. If you missed my first Catalyst Symposium, it's a five-day virtual boot camp where I share my aha method that equation to retro-engineer your own burnout so that you can tap into flow and create your own flow cadence in your day. Now, if you missed it, don't worry. You can sign up to be on the waiting list. I'm going to enroll twice a year for the symposium. And you can do this at drlarasalier.com. You can also connect with me on social media, my TikToks, Instagram, and you can now purchase individual modules if you're a functional practitioner. And you can purchase individual modules of my Catalyst Roadmap that I use in my mentorship. If you're not a functional practitioner, you can still work with me. We can do one-on-one -on -one mentoring. I can help you spot blind spots and maybe pedal back out of burnout so that you can do more of what you love and rekindle that inner fire. Keep coloring outside the lines until next time. <laughs>